Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. This is Molecules and Shit, and this is a science podcast. I'm your co-host, P-Funk, at P-Funk and Around on Twitter. And I am joined by your host, Koki Negra. Doctor? Sir? So, uh, how's life in 2019 treating you? Uh, slightly better than 2018, but I ain't jumping up and down about it just yet. Wow, really? Because <laughs> 2019, I, I just feel like same as the first, same as 2018. No improvement. That's how I would oh, grade this. No, I'm much better than I was last year. Uh, I guess. I was disappointed because, well, first of all, we had Black Panther to make everything a little bit better. Now we ain't got nothing. Oh, I don't know. Spike Lee won an Oscar. I was pretty damn happy about that. You know what? You're right. Him and Sam Jackson having their little bro fest on the stage. Wasn't that, that adorable? That was what we needed. That was the last. Like, they saved Black History Month by the cusp of the, by the skin of the teeth. They just like, you get that little moment with his Jordans, his gold Jordans. Mm-hmm. And his his uh, prince suit. Oh, yeah, the purple prince suit. Although I, I said when I first saw him, I was like, why does he look like a bus driver? But <laughs> oh, Well, the hat. <laughs> the hat. What true, was that? But... If he had just worn a baseball cap, it would have been better, actually. Well, come on. At least he doesn't look like somebody's grandma like he does when he goes to the game. So. Oof. I don't know what's happening there. I mean... Come on, but that's Spike. all right. That that made that made my Black History Month. That and Regina King, like I, I was just Samuel out. Jackson. He wasn't even acting; just legit excited for his his road dog. It's like, come on, man, get up here, come up here and get your Oscar. Well, I mean, you know, that's where we first saw Spike Lee. I mean, where we first saw Sam Jackson was yeah, in the Spike he, Lee joint. He so was one of the hating ass old niggas in the corner. I remember, yeah, at the uh, the chicken joint. Yeah, he was also the guy who did the radio and um, uh, do, do the, the right, right thing. thing. Yep. He's been in a couple of Spike Lee. He was in, um, what was it, Jungle Fever? Yes. Yeah, he the Croc, was it, uh, Gator. Yeah, he was Gator in uh, Jungle Fever. Mm-hmm. He did something. So. What's well, something else he did? But yeah, Samuel Jackson's been in several. Uh-huh. And, He's and been that, at least as many as Denzel has, I think more. And they said School Days was his first on-screen appearance. And so that was thanks to Mr. Spike Lee. Yeah, that's right. So it was nice to see that. That yeah, that made me happy. That that was fun. I forgot who else they called because it was like four people who wrote that script, and they were just like, "Whatever, Spike Lee." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that was fun actually. But now you know, Black History Month is over, and um, thank God, the uh, worst Black History Month ever. Uh, uh, I would be careful what you wish for because now it's Women's History Month. So yeah, it's gonna get ugly. Uh huh. At least you get Captain Marvel this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. All right. So this is a science podcast. And while I was putting together the outline for today's show, I noticed a trend. Um, can you guess what that trend is? Yes. Things that make Koki's head explode. Yes. That's one. Okay. That's one way to <laughs> categorize it. Um I would categorize it as a growing body of proof that um, modern society hates science. I, I, that's the only way I can understand it. Either that or they just think that they're better than science. or, or I, I don't know. I'm not sure how to ca- categorize it either. Just fuck you, science. I mean, that's that's really what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's ease into it. Um, the first story isn't so much a... I hate science story is just a interesting kind of a progress report on something, you know, that's been talked about for a while. Um, birth control and why the males are sort of like overlooked when it comes to birth control. 
So other than the condom, you know, all the birth control methods and, um, you know, research that's done for the most part focuses on women and their body parts. And so this is an article I saw about some of the potential birth control, like chemical birth control for males and some of the you know challenges they've had doing it. So this was in the Lily, which I think is run by the Washington Post. And it said, how far are we from more options for male birth control? And uh, two women ha- may have a solution to a question that's vexed women ever since the birth control pill was approved for use by everyone in 1972. Why isn't there a hormonal contraceptive for men? The challenge has been both biological and sociological. Men make millions and millions of sperm every day, whereas women only release one or two eggs per month, making it an easier reproductive process to target. Does that sort of ring true for you? Well, scientifically, I guess, yes, but I don't think that that's the real reason, but okay. Hmm. So maybe it's the sociological one. Mm-hmm. It says uh, scientists figured out how to stem sperm production in the 1990s, and two clinical trials from that time showed that the method was as effective as the pill. Drug companies, however, didn't trust that men would use the method, despite surveys suggesting otherwise, so they wouldn't invest in the large-scale clinical trials needed to show the Food and Drug Administration that the method is safe and effective. That, that one. Yeah, so that sounds to me like a bunch of old dudes in a boardroom just decided off the top of their heads that it wouldn't work based on absolutely nothing. Um, I wouldn't say it's absolutely nothing based on how often you hear about men who take the condoms off in the middle of sex or refuse to use them and beat you if you ask for it. Yeah, I, uh, the old men in the, in the boardroom, they make decisions like that all the time based on things that they expect to be true. Mm. But I can't blame them on this one. But we, we didn't we cover the last trial of male birth control and how they had to stop it because the men were just so unhappy well i think so i think we followed up on that so when the story initially came out it was that they stopped the study because the men were suffering side effects and -hmm. everyone was just like that's fucking stupid every trial every birth control has side effects none of them were life-threatening or you know particularly health harming so stick it out but what it turns out is that the men were dropping out of the study so the, the people running the study were willing to continue, but they were losing um, subjects because the men were dropping out because they were just and like, the men were dropping out because they had side effects and they were unhappy. Mm. True, true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think maybe times are changing. I, that was I don't know. three. That was like two years ago. Mm. Yeah, you act like that was the 1960s. This was two years ago. No, not the 19. It's it's that I I think with the way the country is going in terms of um, abortion and health health care, and I just think the options are more and more limited, or going to be more and more limited, or we have to think about it possibly being that way, and so we need to keep a lot more options on the table. It just seems easier to me at least, to go that route than to try to, you know, get a pill through that, you know, women may not have the health care or health control to pay for. And it seems like men always get what they need when it comes to health care. So mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe we should go that route. 
Yeah. And so uh, in this article, they said people say, oh, the man will never take the contraception and the female will never trust them. But all the studies that were done showed that, in fact, over 50 percent of the men will accept a new method. I'd like to know what those studies are. Yeah, they don't have the link here. They have, yeah. the, they have the two clinical trials. If this is self-reporting, like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. I, uh, no. Well, she said all the studies that were done, is it the two clinical trials that are linked here? Is that what she's talking about? I'm not sure, but I want to know what studies she has that 50% of men, that doesn't even sound right to me. I, and I, that's not even saying that there's something wrong with men. I'm just saying you didn't talk to 50% of men. Where did, where did these studies come from? Yeah, I, I'm. I would say, in just in my experience, fifty percent sounds about right. It's definitely not all. There's definitely a huge chunk that would not, for whatever stupid reason. But at least in the circles I run, I'd say fifty percent sounds about right. Because a lot of dudes are actually pretty consistent about using condoms. You know, it's not everyone that's just like, oh, get this off of me. Not everyone's, you know, a, a knucklehead. So I'd say about 50% sounds about right. And we have discussed that the circles that you run in are probably not representative of most people. <sighs> True. I, I, I do repel stupidity. So maybe it's shaded by that. But um, yeah, I, I can only kind of go by what I see, I guess. <laughs> I don't have anything else to go on. There aren't any real surveys, like you said, that actually... Talk about I mean, this. it sounds like the 50% she's talking about is the 50% of men who will enter the study. Oh, who stayed in the study, you mean? Or no, who would enter it, period. Just, oh. you know, and that means you, you've selected for people who live near an R1 healthcare related university and know how to get in the study. And, mm. you know, I mean, I've, I've worked somewhere where, where they had human trials and you could tell the type of person who would show up and do it. Mm. Like our trials were largely GI related stuff. Mm -hmm. So we, and they were in the winter time. So we'd get a lot of construction workers and people, you know, people who had seasonal jobs. Oh, okay. And you know, there's only a certain type of person who's going to allow you to pay them $1,500 and give them cholera. Yeesh. So, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. all of the, this kind of, these kinds of numbers are often skewed to certain types of people. Right. And then also, which we're discovering more and more with polls and surveys, I haven't heard any convincing method to get around people just lying. Exactly. Just saying whatever that they think the right thought. answer is or saying what they think the, what they should say. Right. And that was my other thought. Yeah. How do you how do you really know? But anyway, I, I don't know how you yeah, I don't know how you come to that. I don't know how you fix that, because all we do, all we have is surveys. If we want to know mm -hmm. what people think of something, all we can do really is ask. And if they're going to lie, I don't know what the fuck we do about that. So mm -hmm. but uh, about the actual so about the actual methods that they um, are looking at. So the drugs, uh, Nesterone and Dimethandrolone um, increase levels of both testosterone and progestin, a synthetic form of progesterone in the blood. Um, combined, the two hormones suppress men's natural production of testosterone, which in turn blocks sperm maturation. Uh, DMAU can be taken as a once daily pill or a long acting injection, while Nesterone comes in a gel that is applied to the man's shoulders and upper arms every day. That sounds really simple and easy. Mm -hmm. Get out of the shower, rub on your gel. And you could even get around the trust issue. That sounds like something 
you she can, could do for him. She, it, you could just have it as a shared experience. Mm-hmm. She could keep the gel, you know, in her drawer or whatever. She's like, well, time to get your thingy thing. And he's like, all right. And then he, you know, he sits there and she rubs it in and boom, done. Although mm, she might have to wear gloves, I guess. Because uh, I, I guess if it goes through the skin, you don't want her getting that in through her hands also. So something to think about. But he, any, in any case, that sounds like a simple, effective method. If it works, depending on what the results are. If you are. live together. Well, yeah, if you live together. That's mm-hmm. true. Uh, testosterone is made in the testicles, but the process is controlled by two key chemicals in the brain. Uh, is that luteinizing hormone mm-hmm. and follicle stimulating hormone? The mm-hmm. same chemicals that regulate the female menstrual cycle. By increasing levels of testosterone in the blood, the drugs trick LH and FSH into thinking there's plenty of testosterone being produced. So essentially the drugs input through the skin these two uh, hormones and they trick the body into saying, hey, you already have this in the body in this level. We don't need any more. And so the testicles kind of like go into hibernation because they don't need to produce as much. I'm wondering what the side effects of this are like, okay, so you don't produce that much sperm, but high testosterone levels are not always a good thing behavior wise. Yeah. They said, um, they actually mentioned that they said that a previous iteration of the drug, um, used in the 1990s would blast men with super high levels of top testosterone, which ended up causing uh, some unpleasant side effects. So that's why some of those early drugs were not put into, um, human testing um in the new versions the scientists have scaled back the testosterone and added progestin which is the synthetic progesterone to the mix to block those two uh hormone receptors so they're saying that if you use the drugs appropriately or if they've dosed it properly the levels in the body should stay consistent but your testicles won't need to produce it so basically you're doing the job for your testicles so that they don't do anything or they, they kind of run become dormant. Does that kind of make any sense or does that sound right to you? Well, I don't have a background in this sort of science, but it sounds right. I mean, it, this is basically hormone antagonism, and that sort of makes sense. Mm. What's that, that term, hormone antagonism? What's it that just mean? means like, so it's it's the kind of thing where you're you're manipulating hormones to give you the certain kind of result that you want. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's, it sounds like it would work. Okay. So I guess we'll have to wait and see, I don't know when the trials are scheduled or if they've already done some trials, but we'll have to see what the results are. But these sound innocuous to me. This sounds like something that, I, like I said, I don't run in circles. What I would have do is I would be like uh, objecting to this. I mean, unless they're just like really out there side effects. I, I don't know. It seems like something that I would adopt or a lot of people I know would adopt. Wow, that's good. Mm, you disagree. <laughs> it's not that I disagree. I just, you know, I think in the society that we're in now where men's rights and what are the uh, the involuntary celibate type guys? And oh every, yeah, the incels. You know, like mm-hmm. even the stuff you see online about how the man is this and the man. I think this is going to be a hard sell for a lot of people. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I guess, if you're of a, tur- a certain mindset, any type of male you know, contraceptive is going to be 
you know, anathema to you, but I don't know. I, I figure it's better to have, I would like to have the product available and on the shelf because at least it gives the society a, a, an opportunity to catch up and maybe come around to it. But I know that's a lot of money and investment, but it's better than not having it. I, well, I would think. what they should, the way they should sell it is that you can, you can knock all the boots you want and never have to pay for it. That is mm-hmm. what will make people buy it. Mm. I mean, yeah. She can't get you for child support. That's how you have to sell it. But that's how you sell any contraceptive right now. Anything. Yeah, and Condoms. it doesn't it's the work. Same, it's the same thing. But it, but it doesn't work. Mm, I guess. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I, we'll keep tabs on it. I'm, I'm still hoping that, you know, it does get FDA approval. It does get to the market and... I don't know, maybe if it becomes popular in, you know, other societies, maybe in Europe or somewhere else, maybe it'll make its way back here. Maybe we're just going to be, you know, lagging. But I still I would like work to to proceed on it because I think it's a better avenue than because female contraceptive is just always more risky in general. With way more uncomfortable side effects. But, you know, women are expected to just put up with that and pay for it. That's the other thing. Oh yeah, and pay for we it. We don't want exactly. to pay for your contraceptive. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's uh that's kind of neutral. That's not a negative story or a good story. We'll just we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens with it. Um this is one of those stories that I think you mentioned uh would make your head explode. Uh-huh. But I just So Gwyneth Paltrow has a website See, or a that blog. starts right out that you know it's going to be some <laughs> bullshit. What did Paltrow say? No, no, it, I, it, does, it doesn't even say her until later in the article. Mm-hmm. But when they said where it came from, I was not surprised. But I just need to clarify because they mentioned Goop. So Goop is this uh, health blog website run by Gwyneth Paltrow, and it's full of so-called homeopathic, homeopathic nonsense really just things you do in your concoctions you make in your kitchen that'll cure you of all disease basic bullshit like that and sticks that dry out your vagina or whatever nonsense oh my god so that's that that's what goop is i didn't even put that article in here because i was just like it doesn't dry out your vagina it exfoliates your vagina which is i heard unhealthy but we digress. Yes. We digress. Um, so the headline. Look, we just spent, spent a few <laughs> minutes talking about sperm. We can talk about exfoliating your vagina. But that's don't bad. Do we don't it. want to even give just people that don't idea. Do it. Yeah, yeah, don't. You, you should not. You be do not have calluses on your vagina. Stop it. You do not have extra cells in your vagina that need to be scraped out. It just okay. So, Goop, this blog. Uh, the headline says, "No matter what Goop tells you." Celery juice will not work miracles. That's right, celery juice. Buying stalks of celery, throwing it in a blender and drinking it, people are claiming will work wonders in your body. So, uh, let's see. The self-proclaimed father of the celery juice trend is Anthony William, a.k.a. Medical Medium. Never heard of this nigga. Never heard of it. Um... William, who has no medical or scientific certification. Of course not. Yeah, that's a, there's a surprise. Mm-hmm. Plot twist. M. Night Shyamalan. Get him online. <laughs> Did not see that coming. Um, 
has no medical or scientific certification, claims he communicates with spirit of compassion, that's in caps, to get extraordinarily accurate health information that's often far ahead of its time. What the hell is that? I don't even know what those words mean. The spirit of compassion? Is that like the ghost of Christmas past? What is that? No, it's the ghost of Christmas present, right? It was the redheaded dude, right? That's the spirit if, of compassion. If, if he's not talking to the Dalai Lama, I just don't buy it. The Dalai Lama was like rolling his eyes at this bullshit. <laughs> he's like, oh, my friend, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Writing on Gwyneth Paltrow's website, Goop, William says, celery juice is a miracle juice. It's one of the greatest healing tonics of all time. I've seen thousands of people who suffer from chronic and mystery illnesses Restore their health by drinking 16 ounces of celery juice daily on an empty stomach. Does he own a celery farm? I. uh, (laughs) Isn't celery (laughs) 99% water? Uh, And sodium. Yeah. (laughs) 99% salt water. Mm-hmm. And not it's mostly water, not even that much salt, because it's very well, it's flavorless. A lot of salt, but... celery is pretty flavorless. It does taste like a lot of salt in there, but this shit is mostly water. And okay, among Williams' many claims, largely unsupported by scientific research or basic physiology, thank you for putting that note in there. Uh, celery juice reverses inflammation by starving pathogenic bacteria and viruses. Oh fuck this guy! But it starves the bacteria and viruses in in reverses inflammation. That's what I read. I had read. I was told by AppleCare. Um, He also said celery contains an undiscovered subgroup of sodium that I call cluster salts. That's right. This nigga is discovering salts in his bathtub. These cluster salts attack pathogens and rebuilds the hydrochloric acid in your stomach so that it can break down protein, preventing gut rot and bloating. Yada ain't got shit on this dude. Exactly. Woo! Oh, He's oh, going wow. full oh. bore. Wow. Like, oh, that, oh. It's fucking I, impressive. That's like 50, ta- 50 different ways of wrong. That's a lot of stupid packed in a single paragraph. Like, yeah, that's... It, it, it really, yeah. Yeah. Bra- bravo, this is a cluster sir. fuck. It's not cluster salt. Bravo, good sir. That's a lot of stupid you put it in there. It attacks <laughs> pathogens and rebuilds the hydrochloric acid in your stomach. So, no, just no. And it no. prevents gut rot and bloating. And I love how the very next sentence is: "Gut rot gut is rot not is real. Not real. <laughs> <laughs> Nor are cluster salts. What could that? Okay." Let's get okay. Benefit of the doubt time. I I no. I, I don't I don't no. I, no no. I'm just I just want you to dig deep into your scientific soul. What could he possibly be referencing by cluster salts? Is there anything I I, remotely there? Not, I don't know what he. I, is he misnaming path- something? Or? No. The only pathogen that you can even think about in the stomach is um, Helicobacter pylori. That is a pathogen. But celery juice is not going to do nothing to it. Okay. Uh, so, I don't know what, so this is a whole lot of nothing, basically. He just pulled out. But see, that's that's exactly what these 
these charlatans do. They take one thing that might be real. There is a pathogen that can grow in your stomach. It's called Helicobacter pylori. It's used to cause, it causes um, ulcers. Mm -hmm. okay. And it will change the pH of your stomach, and that is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Celery juice, I don't even understand where that comes from. I don't know what these cluster salts are. I don't, I, I don't get it. And I've worked on, on, you know, gut bacteria for most of my career. Yeah, just, I don't, I don't know. He, he pulled this out of his ass. I just don't even know. But here's what's frightening. So I'm just going to read a little bit further. So Williams' pseudo, pseudoscientific claims are repeated as fact across the internet, and some bloggers are even advocating drinking celery juice instead of undergoing chemotherapy for breast cancer. So here's here's the thing. So I would venture a guess. I'm not going to goop. I'm not going to click on their blog. But I would venture a guess that he probably doesn't make the claim for breast cancer anywhere in his his blog entry. I'm going to give uh, him that much credit. I'm going to say he probably doesn't do that. But the way the internet works today, it's like the telephone game and every person who latches onto it adds some other ailment or whatever and makes it even more potent and more powerful and the best thing ever. I I you know what? I don't know. Because hmm. it, it, I've seen this, we've seen this phenomenon with other things, with all of these other like sort of, you know, hotep, you know, methodologies. And we had a whole episode, hotep nutrition, about all these different things that are going to, you know, disrupt your pH and cure all, every, all your diseases are caused by just, you know, inflammation. It's just inflammation. So once you reduce inflammation with this thing, then you'll be cured of everything. Yeah, well, we talked about cancer last week. It's not just inflammation. Yeah. But, the, I mean, the first time that I saw this, I actually saw this before um, I came across the article. I was just, uh, like, scrolling through Instagram, and you know, there's this um, there's this couple, I think it's called, like, the Duvalls or something, and they put, like, little, it's basically, like, little, like, video blogs about their life, you know, raising their kids, and it's just, like, little comedic things, just, like, funny shit that, you know, their kids do and, you know, cleaning up after them and whatever nonsense. And then one of the episodes randomly was about her trying to convince him to drink celery juice. And he's just like, get this out of here. This is dumb. And she's like, why don't you try it? And she's just like, she's like, it's, you know, it, it, they have evidence that it does blah, 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 blah. And that's, it was just like this funny bit between the two of them. And then now I come across this article. I'm just like, that's how in, insidious it is. Like it gets into everything mm. and it spreads quickly. She, yes, it does. She heard it from someone else who heard it from someone else who heard it from someone else. And now it's like, you know, clinically proven to, you know, cure breast cancer. Yeah. The speed of social media is, is amazing, isn't it? I think it's the speed of laziness because this is easy. I can go to the grocery store and buy a miracle drug and blend it up and cure myself. That it just sounds really easy. Yeah. No, I just no. Mm. I mean, it is a very good thing to eat celery. You should eat vegetables. That's good. <laughs> but this is ridiculous. <laughs> to be fair, celery does contain some phytochemicals, notably uh, apigenin and luteolin, that may have antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and anti-cancer properties. But the research in this area is not quite ready for prime time. So they, they can't say for sure. They just say it may contain these things, which potentially may have these effects. But wait a minute. 
here's the here's the money shot that you stopped reading at. Mm-hmm. The majority of the research uses isolated apigenin and luteolin, not the foods that contain those compounds. Mm. And most of the research involves rodents or isolated cancer cells in a petri dish. Not in the complex system of a digestive <sighs> tract. <laughs> and that is the that's the sentence that nobody ever gets to. Mm. They read the the headline, they might read the first paragraph and they go that's it i'm gonna go start juicing celery well not only that i think a lot of people may read that sentence and not understand what that entails so i the majority of the research uses isolated apigenium and luteolin not the foods what is does that make any difference in their mind it should because it should but you know if you don't if you don't have any experience you know, parsing these types of articles or studies that may not mean much to you. I don't know. That sentence tells me there's rats involved Mm -hmm. and stuff in a dish. Now that should tell you that's not your body. Some people will look at that and go, see, scientists did sciencey things. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Don't do it. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just saying we have to understand the people we're trying to help. (laughs) And I know a lot of people who will read that and go, I read in a science article that this does this and this. And they will read the whole thing. And that's not a science article. And if you read this article and you still came away with, I'm just going to juice celery, then you can't read. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. So says Dr. Negra. (laughs) I mean... Oh, come on. Help me out a little bit. Like, help me out. Yeah, I'm going to say your your reading comprehension may be lacking. Um, okay, thank you. <laughs> you you may need to uh reread or read a little bit slower. But I I will say we we talk about, you know, scientific literacy all the time and this is an example of I think a person who is not used to reading these types of things will read this and go, "Yeah, that sounds about right." So this celery juice recipe I got may do this and that. It's possible. Why not? It's cheap. I'll just do it. Mm. That's I can I know a lot of people who will think that way. Yeah, the dichotomy of your your friends just mm. amazes me. Yeah, I was... they'll never be sexist. They'll never do that. They'll take the 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 man pill, but they'll believe celery will cure cancer. It's okay. weird. I I the dudes. A lot of the dudes that I know are what you would call it like socially woke i guess but they are also down with the homeopathic uh this dude cured aids a long time ago and he you're hanging he got out killed with hotep. for you, are you telling me you're hanging out with hotep hoteps are not socially conscious Mm-mm. okay they're not hotep. Hotep. I, I guess they're hotep scientifically i, I don't hotep, i don't know they're hotep light they're they're, they're people me. who are convinced that i think it's just people just don't trust systems and institutions anymore that's what it is if an institution says something, they're the one first of these one. People on the show. I'm I'm not doing that to either one of y'all, because I I don't want either one to walk away, you know, with a heart attack or with their feelings hurt. So, I'm just gonna not do that. <laughs> I think it's for the best. As entertaining as it would be, that would be an entertaining episode. But one of two things would happen: either your heart would explode, or their feelings. I'm not gonna would be let very... one of those crazy Negroes kill me. Uh-uh. <laughs> I've been at this too long. No, I don't think so. (laughs) 
Yeah, so I'm just gonna I'm, I'm just gonna let that maybe that'll be the finale <laughs> of the show. Our very last show ever. The, the very last show ever will be I bring on one of these dudes to come and explain to you why his juicing method and why Manuka honey can cure glaucoma. Um, Manuka honey. Don't get me started. The... Don't don't get me started. What is that? I I fight these battles every day so that you don't have to. Manuka, honey. I I swear to I swear on the stack of Bibles that I are at my mom's house that um this nigga said Manuka honey cures glaucoma. You just put it in the eye. They, that, that's all honey you need to do. in your eye. God damn. The, all right. Why did stop. you have me peel back this layer? I was trying. I'm trying to keep these things from you. I just. Oh. This this is what again this is why we started the show. I was having these conversations and I was just like, but, but how? But the, but the, uh, sounded like Killer Mike in that interview. Where? That's what I sound like because I'm just like, but, but that. Uh, okay. 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 Yeah. I, that's a new one on me. This and is even new. what what I, my usual method of usually what happens when someone tells me something that is ridiculous. What I do is I repeat it back to them in a different words and slower, and then they see how stupid they sound and they retract it. That's that's my typical method. That's usually what happens. Oh my god! But I, I, I the dude said, "Yeah, you know, you apply manuka honey." I was like, "So you're telling me if you take uh flower, um, what do you call it? Not sperm. What is it? What pollen? Is, no, the bees don't collect the pollen. The pollen." attracts to the bees what do the bees collect from the flowers that's what they collect the pollen no the pollen is on their back and then they that helps pollinate plants but that's not what they take back to the hive damn if i know nectar are you talking nectar about? yes okay. correct so the you're telling me that you're telling me that nectar collected from flowers and spat out by bees into their hive and made into food for their queen if you stick that in your eye it will cure the glaucoma. And how is that supposed to happen? They're like, yeah. It's like, uh. But it's only that kind of honey, not other kinds of honey? Only the Manuka honey. I don't know why. I think because it's the most expensive, maybe. How about it has to come from New Zealand or something? I, I don't know. But I will tell you that if you go to any drugstore or bodega uh, in New York, especially, they will have some Manuka honey in this little teeny bottle. And I think people are taking it medicinally. Uh-huh. This is a whole other tangent. I don't even have an article for this. I was not prepared to talk about this. I but. Sh but see, you shouldn't have said that. I <laughs> I mean, honey is antibacterial, but... That might be where it comes from. Like you said, they take like a single grain of truth, and then they just concoct this ball of yarn around it. But glaucoma is not caused by bacteria. I, I don't know why you're throwing facts at me like that's going to make any difference. <laughs> I mean... I mean, two plus two was four. I guess if we trade in facts, I <laughs> I'm just I'm sorry. I'm just okay. Let's just move on because <laughs> I'm going to be stuck here for a while if we don't. You can Google while I'm going through the articles. No, but I'm not. I you're just not, you're not going to look not. up the the, I, the healing factors of manuka honey. I I can't. We'll do that on another show. How 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 about that? Okay. Well, I'll I'll, I'll tag it on to another episode. I'll find an article on manuka honey. Hmm. But yes, this is these are the type of dudes that uh, I I converse with, 
if you talk to them about um, uh, homosexual LGBTQ rights, if you talk to them about, you know, women and gender politics, you know, for the most part, you know, pretty on point. You know, yeah, you know, we shouldn't be doing this and Me Too move hashtag Me Too. Yeah, man, you know, we got to collect our men and blah, blah, blah. You talk to them about anything medicinal. Well, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, God, here we go. So I don't know. You can't win. Okay, then. Yeah. <sighs> but yes, on to the uh, next piece of evidence. Up, 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 up next on We Hate Science, uh, the Orange Julius Caesar is going to set up a science panel to counter his own government's climate change consensus. Yeah. I just... Don't. I don't even think we need to delve into the article much. This just sounds so accurate and it, it, it pretty much sounds you know, on character. But you know, this is the kind of thing that we see with the GOP a lot. So I can remember when Bush was president None of the black leaders liked him, so he just went out and picked a whole bunch of new black leaders mm -hmm. that liked him. Mm -hmm. Not any that we were working with, you know, wasn't Al Sharpton, it wasn't Jesse Jackson, it wasn't Wyatt T. Walker, it wasn't the head of the NAACP, it wasn't the head of the Urban League, it was none of that stuff. Nobody from HBCUs, he just found some black people and said, these are the black leaders that we're working with. And we're like, who Who are they? Mm -hmm. That's what, that's what, this is, this is the same thing. Okay, so... The scientists all say this. So let me go find some other scientists that will agree with me. Because they're, what the hell? It, it makes perfect sense because their audience is not scientists or the scientific community. Their audience are ignorant people who whose hearts are otherwise in the right place. They see one side with a bunch of scientists. If a bunch of scientists are on the other side, then it's a toss up for them. It doesn't matter what the scientists are saying or how reputable they are or how many more scientists may be saying one thing. If I look over here and I see five reputable scientists saying one thing and I look over here and I see five people in white coats saying another thing, then I just don't know what to believe. And then they just throw it as a toss up. That's yeah, what I they want. That's their goal. So it makes perfect sense. But wait a minute. Here's something that I know we're probably not going to delve into the article, but here's something that that sticks out to me because this is what I do every day. Mm -hmm. So the Federal Advisory Committee Act imposes several ground rules for panels, including that they one meet in public, mm -hmm. two are subject to public records requests and three include a representative membership. And what that means is you have to have people who actually are you know, credentialed in this area. You have to have them from different parts of the country. They have to have women. They have to have minorities. Like, you have to balance these things. And this this comes into account quite a bit while I'm trying to get people from my organization onto these, mm. right? So you've got to do that. The new working group that he's trying to put together, they don't have to deal with any of those rules. Mm -hmm. So he's going to have his 10 favorite extremely wealthy white men who don't know anything about science be on this panel and put them in white coats. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, that's, Ooh, that's crazy. That's one thing that I think a lot of um, like pundits uh, from the center and from the left have come to, I think uh, agree on this, a general consensus that once we get this criminal fuck out of office, 
we need to start passing a lot of laws to codify a lot of customary shit. Right. Because there was I a think lot, you're right about that. There was a lot of shit that was just customary because it made sense and people had respect for the offices that they were representing. And so, like, for instance, a lot of people, I don't think, realize that the only reason that two terms for president is a thing is because Washington did it. And then it was codified later on in the Constitution, those term limits. Mm-hmm. But before that, it was just customary. And then until Roosevelt came along and said, nah, fuck that custom and ran mm-hmm. four times. Mm-hmm. But before that, all those people who you know, ran twice and stepped aside, that was customary. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> it was just out it of respect for the office. until after the, the mid-40s. You're right. And so there's a lot of things like that, like releasing your tax records. A lot of that is just customary. There's no law that says he has to do that. It's just you typically should do this just to show transparency and all of your political and financial ties. Well, if we have that law, can we have the law that you cannot vote for an asshole? How about that law? Mm, I don't know if I like that law. Uh, Clinton might have been an asshole. Um, no, he was a whoremonger. That's different. I, I don't I don't know. And, <laughs> and to who? Because oh, what's her name? Amy Klobuchar was eating salads with combs and having her staff clean it out. Other nonsense. I don't know what her deal is. OK, but first <laughs> of all, who does that? Never mind how mean she was to the staff. I have a comb in my purse. I would no more. Eat, I would eat the salad with my hands. Not a comb. What on earth? I. I don't get it. I, I guess she was just starving. I don't know. I would wait. How long is the if flight? If you're starving, <laughs> just there had to be a spoon, a knife, a somewhere. cracker, something. A yeah, cr- that she could scoop it. It. There's just no way. Yeah. Anyway, I just. Yeah, but I, I just, but, I, th- I think there, in my mind, when I think about it, I could imagine a, um, competent functional um president that in you know that might be an asshole i can imagine that so i don't know if that would be a good criteria necessarily it's something it's a good would like i put that in the would like to have column but i wouldn't necessarily say that that's something that should be a requirement but but things like that so yeah people a lot of people are saying things of this nature are why we need to have like some codified laws there should be a flurry of laws. As soon as this dude is out of office, there should be a flurry of laws to just codify some of those things that we just expect and don't realize are not required. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he's just going to throw together a uh, scarecrow, you know, council of straw and just have them say, yeah, climate change is not a thing. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I can't. Mm. I'm sorry. Yeah. And public records show the coalition, which describes its mission as informing policymakers and the public of the important contributions made by carbon dioxide to our lives and the economy. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Yeah. I can't. Why do you pick these kind of... Like I said, I'm, I, 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 was, I had a theme. Yeah, Cokie's head explodes. That's That was your theme for this, no, this no, episode? No, I told you. My theme was apparently in modern society, we hate science. <laughs> Because we, we just constantly are, are just shoving its face in the dirt. Like, you know, fuck you. We don't care what you think. Because that's the only explanation. what you think. It's what you can prove. We don't care what you can prove. You think you're better than me because you have proof? Huh? <laughs> it's like a bully Clearly. who feels dumb and it's inferior. So he starts beating up the smart kid. 
<laughs> um, yeah, that really happens. <laughs> I think that's what that's that's what this is. Is a, a America has like been overtaken by a bunch of bullies who feel inferior because a lot of people are smarter than them and know better than them. So they shove their faces in the dirt by voting for this clown. Yeah, that 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 fixes everything, doesn't it? <laughs> Temporarily. Makes them feel good, I guess. Um, but staying on this trend of government, um, this headline, lawmaker promoting anti-vax bill suggests measles can be treated with antibiotics. Yeah. I love how in the headline they put, it can't. <laughs> okay, so this one was my fault. I saw this and I tasted pennies. I'm like, really? Okay. This is a whole microbiology thing and I just couldn't, I couldn't stand it. Amid a relentless anti-vaccine movement and measles outbreaks across the United States, that's right, measles outbreaks, a Texas lawmaker in has... In 2019. 2019, the 21st century. We're now in the second decade of the, 20, the 21st century. That's right. And we're having a measles outbreak. Uh, a Texas lawmaker has falsely suggested that antibiotics can be used to treat the deadly childhood disease. Texas state rep Bill Zedler, an anti-vaxxer, who is promoting legislation to allow parents to more easily opt out of vaccinations for their children, said he made measles, he had measles when he was a child. When I grew up, I had a lot of these illnesses, Zedler recalled, according to the Texas Observer. They wanted me to stay at home, but as far as being sick in bed, it wasn't anything like that. He is so full of shit. Well, why, can you tell the people why he couldn't possibly have had measles? He could have had measles, but mm -hmm. I guarantee you, if he had measles, he was sick in bed. When you have measles, you are sick in bed. If he had measles and he was running around, he was infecting everybody else. And there's another big fuck you to this guy. Mm. But no, if you have a real case of measles, which I did have, you are in the room, you're in the bed. You have the, the shades drawn like it's a you are really sick. If you get measles, mm. you have muscle pain, you have a fever, you got spots all over you. Ain't no way in the world. He's just I wasn't sick in bed. He didn't have measles then. They want to say people are dying of measles, he added. Yeah. In third world countries, they're dying of measles today with antibiotics and that kind of stuff. They're not dying in America. He literally just molecules and shit it. Yes, he did. <laughs> he did, yes, just he threw did. out the old man molecules and shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I just. Oh. And this is not some tiny podunk area he represents. Zedler represents an area that includes Arlington, Texas, situated between Dallas and Fort Worth. Where there are plenty of. It ain't some back research war. institutions mm -hmm. where somebody could have schooled him. I'd like to know what his his staff looks like, because clearly there's not anybody with any sort of medical background on any of this. I'm sure he has the best political scientists available to him. Yeah. But not a single but, actual scientist. Yeah, you're. Su yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I understand I'm privileged and I worked in the Senate office where we had not one but two M.D.s. Everybody pretty much had a PhD in something, and we knew our shit. Mm. There is no known treatment for measles. Now, that was actually surprising to me. They don't know how to treat measles. 
So um, if you get it, you just let it run its course. Is that well, basically? That, that's pretty much the case for most viruses. Mm. That that's not unusual. Yep. A highly contagious virus that once sickened millions of patients each year in the United States. Instead, healthcare professionals try to prevent the disease by administering the MMR vaccine to children and certain people who have been exposed, such as pregnant women, may be given a protein injection called immune serum globulin to try to thwart it or to lessen the symptoms, according to the Mayo Clinic. Yep, that is all true. Mm -hmm. Antibiotics, which are used to treat bacterial infections, cannot kill viruses. Say it again for the people in the back. Yeah. Antibiotics, which are used to treat bacterial infection, cannot kill viruses. They also can't kill fungus either. Mm. So while you're at it, mm-hmm. each one of each drug is specific for a certain kind of organism. Mm. And no, you can't just give me some antibiotics because I have a cold because a cold is a virus. And antibiotics will not shorten your cold, cure your cold, and as a matter of fact, will make you produce bacteria which are now resistant to antibiotics <sighs> so you just can't this is not a, a tossed salad where you just throw things together and you know come out with a statement Please. what if there's celery in the salad though you know what what it's a miracle the button, vegetable the button where i can turn off this computer is so close to my finger <laughs> i'm just saying you mean i can't whip up a cure in my kitchen right now and, I, have a, I got a fuck ton of celery in my kitchen right now. Um. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it's too late because I'm sure your parents had se- sense enough to have you vaccinated. Yeah, that but, was you know, never even a debate or a question in my house. It was so like a throwaway. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get him vaccinated. I get a shot. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get a shot. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't even just like, is this really good for him? Like, should he be doing this? Like, none of that. And the thing is, the, the MMR vaccine is much better than it used to be because I had the MMR vaccine and I still got measles and mumps. Mm. Yeah. So there's no excuse for not taking it now. And you know what? what you know what I think also it might be or why, especially in my family, it's not a thing. My dad grew up in Haiti where a lot of things for the older generation was not available. Uh-huh. And so he watched like, you know, his older aunts and uncles and grandmother like suffer from these conditions and get sick and die. And so when he comes here, he's just like all of the injections, everything. So maybe there's an appreciation for it. I I don't know. I think that's true for a lot of older people. You know, my folks were happy to see, like my father claims he had whooping cough. I don't believe him, but he claims he had it. Mm. So my parents were like, oh no, she's getting everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was like, I witnessed it. I saw like my school buddy get, you know, whatever and die. Right, right. So now exactly. I'm here in the land of plenty and I have all of the vaccinations. Why the fuck not? Yep. They're, they're, these kids all are of the shots. Everything. All of the shots. All of the shots. <laughs> so, yeah, may, maybe some of that privilege is coming back to bite them. This is evolution at work. I don't know. But the problem is it, it never affects the person who made the stupid decision. Yeah. The fallout is the sick kid down the street who maybe has some sort of underlying disease who gets it mm. or the pregnant mother who gets it because you're, you know, measles vaccine. I mean, measles virus just hangs in the air for ages mm. like a kid who's who has measles and is in your pediatrician's office. He leaves. Three hours later, if you sit down, 
you can get exposed to measles. I mean, that's wow. how bad it is. Wow. It's not. It's worse than, you know how easy it is for a cold to spread or the flu to spread. Mm-hmm. This is like 10 times worse than that. Jesus. And just to make it even sadder, um, in 2000, almost four deca- decades after parents began vaccinating their children, measles was declared eliminated in the U.S. Yep. In two decades, now we have outbreaks. Mm-hmm. CDC data shows that from 2000 to 2018, there was an average of 140 measles cases per year in the United States, and there were three reported fatalities during that time. But just take antibiotics, right? Yeah. Each year in the United States, legislation is introduced by anti-vaxxers that would make it easier to opt out of childhood vaccinations. I can't. I just can't. Mm. Well, one bit of good news. Research has shown that most bills that become law support public health. So. Let's hope so. Yeah. It shows. So it says, uh, according to a study published last year in the American Journal of Public Health, researchers who analyzed, proposed and enacted vaccine legislation between 2011 and 2017 found that bills supporting vaccines were more likely to become law even though there were slightly more bills considered to be anti-vaccine. So it, for the most part, I think common sense is prevailing, at least for now, but it's becoming more and more difficult. <clears throat> and we should also add to the, the show notes that um, this week there was a hearing in one of the, I think it was the House Energy and Commerce Committee, mm-hmm. where they discussed measles vaccination. And if you don't believe me, for some reason, um, the head of NIH's um, Institute on Allergy and Infectious Diseases, his name is Tony Fauci. He's been there for 500 years. Mm -hmm. And um, Nancy Messonnier from CDC, who's in charge of vaccine um, preventable diseases down there, they were they spoke at this hearing. um, It was a little over an hour, maybe an hour and a half, not very long. But they are very good at explaining things that everyone can understand. Hmm. So if you if you have an interest in this, dear listener, um, you should head over to the House ENC um, website, and you can. It, it's very easy to scroll down and find this hearing. But you know, as I said, Tony Fauci's been there probably since the the 80s, hmm. um, and he's he's wonderful at making complex concepts very easy to understand. As are you. Hmm. Oh, he's better than I am, but I I aspire. (laughs) Mm. Well, apparently we need more people like him at the state level, possibly. Yeah, he's he's great. Nancy's pretty good, too. She's not as good as he is, but she's only been there for like 10 years. So Hmm. she'll move along. Trust me. And also in the the same vein, um, anti-science and government, I came across this article uh, from a couple years ago. And they were talking about just after uh, this administration came to power and they were warning people in the U.S. to like, hey, um, Canada went through something similar. And they said uh, for Canadians, uh, for nearly a decade, the Stephen Harper led conservative government did its darndest to prevent federal scientists from sharing their work with the Canadian public. Like the incoming U.S. administration, the now ousted Harper administration was fixated on fossil fuels 
making it one of his top priorities to protect what he saw as Canada's greatest asset, the Alberta tar sands. To ensure the steady flow of oil, the conservatives clamped down on environmental science form from research on climate change to studies on the state of Canada's rivers, lakes, and forests. At the same time, conservatives rerouted money away from federal institutions and projects they didn't like, directing it instead to what were perceived as less threatening research areas, including better ways to extract more oil from the tar sands. In shortly after taking office in 2006, Harper began to introduce measures that made it difficult for federal scientists to share their work with the public. Already happened here. In order to speak to scientists, journalists had to go through government communications officers, which presented an often impenetrable bureaucratic barrier. The government also made it difficult for federal scientists to travel to conferences where they could share their findings. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. In one instance, government scientist Max Bothwell finds himself stuck in a Kafkaesque 110-page email exchange in an effort to communicate his findings on climate change-induced algal growths to the Canadian press. Mm, uh, mm, mm. Yeah, so, 110-page. Mm. All for him to say, "This is what I did, and this is what I found," using That's public crazy. using public dollars, by the way. That's crazy. And he doesn't work for an intelligence agency. This is just for the environment. That's crazy. Uh, wow. And okay. yeah, so it's not just the U.S. This is something that I don't want to say it's global, but it's global. It's at least it's at least it's happening in Europe. It's happening in Canada. It's happening here. We know it's happening in Australia, like anywhere in the Western world. It seems like it's happening. And I think it's tied to this, like I said, this higher level distrust of institutions and authority. Well, I think that stokes it. I think when you when you have somebody like the government, the, Stephen Harper was the, the prime minister. This wasn't about skepticism. This was about making money. Mm, I, I suppose. I think what you do is you stoke what... Um, I guess you'd call it uh, skepticism. You can stoke that in a way that makes you money. I mean, and you see all of the studies he wanted to talk about how mm. to get more oil out of their their tar sands. Yeah, that's about money. That's not about what you know whether or not you believe the science. Mm. But if you can get your voters to say, "I don't believe the science," or you can play on that, now you and your folks get to make more money. Mm. And that's the really bad part about it to me. It's that they're using people's either their ignorance about it or their skepticism about it. And it, it's the same way that, you know, our, our, some of our um, politicians will use sexism, racism to get what they want. Mm. I think that might be worse than the people who are actually sexist and racist. You know, I don't I, I actually don't know which one is worse. They're horrible. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, and I, I do wonder, like, how many people in that administration genuinely believe that the scientists are all wrong? Or if they're just so cynical, they would rather, they're just hedging their bets that, well, whatever bad things they're predicting will be far enough in the future that I won't suffer any consequences. That's some repugnant shit. It is. And I also think there's a third option that, you know, I don't I know all of this is nonsense, but it gets them to vote for me and then I can do what I want. Wow. 
And you're right. It's hard to tell which is the the most repugnant of all that. Yeah, I would say maybe they're all equally offensive, but maybe one is more morally wrong. But, you know, distinction without a difference. Yeah, how about that? You're right. Yeah. Uh, and following on that um, that Texas state, that state Texas representative, I found um, this this brief podcast from Texas Monthly that came out um, late last year. Mm-hmm. Um, by it was an interview with this guy, Doctor Peter J. Hotez. Um, a scary anti-science movement has become very strong in Texas, and they talked to him about he him predicting the measles outbreak because he saw the increase in people not getting their kids vaccinated. And he talks about uh, pediatricians were getting like ambushed in their offices, not not attacked, but like they would be seeing their patients and then the parents would have all these articles and papers that they found online. They'd be asking questions and the pediatricians wouldn't be prepared and they'd be like, "Um, I mean, I haven't heard about that. And it made them sound less, you know, reputable or less informed. And then the parents would be more resistant to the vaccines. Just it's a horrible spiral, basically. Yeah, that is bad. That is very bad. Especially, I think, you know, pediatricians probably get it worse because people are much more concerned about their children than they are about themselves. And, you know, they tend to, I think all parents tend to be overprotective, especially with the first child. And, you know, I'm going to Google this and I know what's best and you don't know what's best. You don't understand what's best, but you just think you know. And I think, again, like I said, there's some privilege there because if you've never seen a case of the measles, it's it's very academic to you. Yeah, that's true. I'm getting this shot. My child is getting this thing injected. I don't understand what's in it. They said it prevents such and such. I've never seen anyone with such and such. Yeah. It's easy to kind of get in there and so doubt when, when that's kind of the, the set of cases. Yeah, and my problem with that is who benefits for you to do this. Actually, I don't I don't, know. I don't think I don't, anyone benefits. It's not even greed. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, sometimes it's it's clearly that. So if somebody wants to sell you celery juice mm. and they have all the celery futures, um, you can that that's a straight line. But the idea that there's somebody out there who just thinks they know and they think it's great for them to impart all of this misinformation because our child will be safer that part scares me yeah because you can't um uh, you can't really turn that off because you can't say well this person is just manipulating you or you can't appeal to their morality because that person thinks they're doing the right thing Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't know how you get around that uh I, i i don't know and, you know, this guy was the dean of tropical medicine at Baylor. I mean, that is serious. Mm. Baylor is no joke when it comes to to um, especially microbiology. Really? I didn't know that. I didn't know Baylor had that represent, uh, reputation. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the people who were next door to us, they used to do a lot of their virus studies at Baylor because Baylor had a big had a big primate uh, colony. Hmm. Okay. Remember I told you about you don't want the the chimpanzee to like you when you have to go in? Yeah. All of that happened at Baylor. Oh, wow. Yeah, because we didn't have a primate colony in Virginia. Mm. 
But that's how big of a school it is. It can afford to have a primate colony. Wow. And apparently he's just not convincing enough for some people. So. Yeah, I can't even. He, he was the co-director of the Texas Children's Hospital on vaccine development. Okay, like, how? What other bona fides does he have to have? I, I, I don't know. If you think you know more than him about anything science related, I, 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 I don't yeah. know. I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get. I don't it. know how to talk to you. I don't know what to tell you. That means you just don't believe that years of schooling confers anything. Yeah, but I have this argument with my father, like, on stuff all the time. He thinks you catch cold because you get cold. Oh, please, try telling that to Caribbean. Anyone, like, any Haitian, they're just like, you didn't put a scarf on, that's why you're sick. Yeah. Not that but, I was on the metro and I touched a pole. Yeah, never, but you at least do not have a degree in microbiology and immunology. No. And did postdoc work at vaccine development. Now, oh. can you explain to me why my father from Georgia thinks he knows better than I do? Because he's been on this earth for 65 plus years and he's gotten many 80. colds, <laughs> 80 plus years, and he has had many colds. And each of those colds was because he got cold. Yeah. I just can't even. And you can't prove to him that his particular instances of getting sick were not because of the cold. And that's why yeah. you'll never convince him. Yeah. I just I just look at him like, OK, because that's, that's I, the... I didn't go to school forever to understand how immunity works and yeah. viruses work. I didn't take those classes. I didn't teach those classes. I will say this. I just made it up. No, I, I think for older black men, I think there is an extra resistance to you telling them about their experience. Even if you have some insight or additional knowledge that they don't, they have an ownership over that they don't want to relinquish. Yeah, I, I experienced that. I did that. So you're not going to tell me. So I, I think there's a little bit of extra that in there. That's what I know. realized it was with my dad. Okay. It couldn't be our dads are just jerks, though. That, it could be that. Mm, possibly. But then <laughs> that why, could be it. why aren't they jerks about everything else then? Why is it about these particular weird things? Oh, my dad's <laughs> jerk about everything. So oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. No, my dad's just pig-headed about certain things. It's like, why are you pig-headed about these certain things? It's like, <laughs> why do you think you know these things? Like, but yeah, I don't get it. But yeah, and um, okay. So to wrap it up on a sad note, uh, I know we started this new um, segment. Hashtag science always wins. Um, Along the same vein of people being exploited and homeopathic remedies and people knowing better than doctors, how peddlers of hydrogen peroxide exploit the sick. Hucksters claim that drinking a few drops of hydrogen peroxide diluted in a glass of water will cure almost anything. Just off the top. Well, thoughts. <laughs> This is another one of those cases where a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. Mm. Okay. So the, the thing here is that hydrogen peroxide is extremely um, active against many bacteria, many microbes. Um, and 
there's a there's a grain of truth in this like the white cells that we have in our bodies mm -hmm. some of them have little vacuoles in them that carry hydrogen peroxide mm -hmm. so that when you get an infection and the white cells are are marshaled to the site of the infection um what they do is they engulf the bacteria and then they release the hydrogen peroxide and it does kill the bacteria okay but that is in your cells and that is not something you can drink it's not a vitamin that you can take, you know, like mm. there, there's that's the reason why this stuff seems to persist, because there's just enough information in it that it sounds reasonable. It's just not. Now, why is it when you drink hydrogen peroxide, it doesn't wind up in your bloodstream? Um, because it just basically goes right through your GI and it. It, it doesn't it get absorbed. Doesn't. It doesn't get absorbed as a nutrient. <laughs> no, is what you're it's saying. not absorbed. No, but you know, if you ever have a, a a deep cut or anything, it's it's quite usual for you to throw some peroxide on it. Mm -hmm. You know, I've done that before. Um, you know, especially if it were a particularly deep cut, because what you don't want is skin bacteria from the outside inside a wound, okay. and that hurts like the devil. By the way, if you ever do it. And you also see all the bubbles and everything of the, the oxygen released as the hydrogen peroxide um, mixes with, well, basically tissue fluid. And mm -hmm. um, so, yes, hydrogen peroxide is good for certain things, but you can't drink it and it's not going to cure cancer. Mm. So, so cautionary tale to follow up on that. Uh, Daryl Kahn was desperate when he first considered using concentrated hydrogen peroxide more than 10 times the strength typically found in drugstores to treat his wife Susan's uterine cancer. <sighs> Susan was diagnosed in 2010, underwent surgery and radiation, and thought she had it beat. But in October 2015, a recurring pain in her abdomen twice landed her in the emergency room. A few weeks later, doctors gave her the news no one wants to hear. The cancer was not only back, but it was spreading. It's hard to fathom the level of grubby exploitation you've reduced yourself to to turn a buck off of people who are watching their loved ones die in slow motion. They did the whole regimen thing that they do to everybody, and it sucked. It really sucked, said Khan, who says he was in, had a deep mistrust of mainstream medicine. Susan was very sensitive to the medication she was given. She just kept getting worse and worse. Khan says he soon began combing the internet for alternative treatments, doing his Googles, mm. and eventually found several sites selling what was called 35% food-grade hydrogen peroxide. And if I can just interject right there, um, there's no such thing as food-grade hydrogen peroxide, but 35% is what you're typically will find used in laboratories. Mm, okay. So when when we use hydrogen peroxide as like a test, you you buy the 35% and then you dilute it to what you need. The stuff that you buy in in um, you know, Rite Aid or or yeah, it's Walgreens like, it's like or whatever. Isn't it? That's like 3%, you oh, okay. know. But what what we use in laboratories is typically 30 or 35%. Mhm. Mm Sites with names like Pure Health Discounts, Guardian of Eden, Jutrian RX, and more carry testimonials and detailed informational pages suggesting the use of a, the chemical to treat a dizzying array of ailments from Lyme disease and skin problems to leukemia and even brain tumors. 
there were lots of testimonials for the fact that it worked on certain cancers. I was groping and struggling and searching. Khan was an easy target for internet marketers who promised health benefits from drinking just a few drops of hydrogen peroxide diluted in a glass of water. It's a folk remedy that reaches back decades and one that continues to flourish at the margins of alternative medicine and in those corridors of the internet frequented by people who are desperate for a cure. Yep. Yeah. The ingestion of hydrogen peroxide, even in relatively small volumes, uh, can cause devastating complications. Yep. You're not supposed to drink that stuff. Yeah. An analysis of cases reported to the National Poison Data System between 2001 and 2011 found nearly 300 cases of poisoning caused by ingestion of high concentration hydrogen peroxide, or about 30 cases a year. Yeah. There's no such thing as food grade hydrogen peroxide. I don't even know how they sell that. Like he said, they you set up a web page, you call it Guardian of Eden or Health Alternatives, and then you just write a bunch of fake testimonials and you put pictures of fake people from, you know, whatever the Photoshop places and then you just say, "Hey, my mom had such and such cancer and she took the regimen for about 4 weeks and it started clearing up." And desperate people like this guy will, you know, find it on their Googles and buy a bottle and try it because they figure, why the hell not? Yeah, I just, I can't. Mm. Khan, like many seeking salvation from cancer and other afflictions, said he didn't know any of the warnings. His eldest daughter helped him order his 35% hydrogen peroxide online from Pure Health Discounts. She got a gallon. I didn't know if we really needed it. You just use drops. You increase the drops every day. She would take it and get a kind of acid reflux initially. Yeah. And she'd have a throw-up reaction. Yeah. Khan said he never expected she'd feel better immediately, but hoped the regimen would help long-term. It didn't, and Susan died less than a year later. Yeah, so I'm always cautious about telling people to do their Googles. (laughs) You can find all kinds of, you know, shit on there. But But the thing that that should alert you right away is that anything that they tell you can be used for, and then they list 12 things that it will cure, you ought to know, that ought to be the big red flag that this is not real. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what what do they say here? It it's supposed to supposed to treat Lyme disease and skin problems to leukemia and brain tumor. Like none of that stuff. It, no, it's just impossible. Well, I mean, on the other side of the spectrum, I've seen uh, sites where well, it was a joke, but they uh, called it they called it hydrogen dioxide, and they said about all the things it cures. It's like yeah, yeah it's water exactly. <laughs> so I mean, there's ways to trick people it's like no no i can guarantee you that it will do all these things because it's water <laughs> yeah but i mean this it's gonna cure diabetes and parkinson's and yeah yeah and then he, i don't know he really got his daughter to in to contribute to it like that's just sad for the family all around yeah yeah it is but i mean you know that's uh i just don't even know what to say about that 
that's what because people... you should have peroxide in your house to clean out wounds. I mean, it's something that you should have around. It's mm-hmm. it's good for stain removal sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a good household remedy for cuts so, and scrapes. Doesn't it also bleach hair or something? People use it to bleach their hair. Not the kind you have that you can. No, not that oh. kind. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think you can bleach with three percent. Oh, okay. But yeah, I just this this is very sad because you should not be drinking peroxide. It's just you should use it for, you know, household daily chores and tasks and things. Well, not chores, but, you know, if you cut yourself, I think a shot of peroxide is a good thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and then wrap up your wound and everything and you should be fine. But it will kill, you know, most most skin bacteria. What you don't want is your wound to get infected. That's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. And also peroxide is not going to make your bacteria resistant to antibiotics, but it'll pretty mm-hmm. well effectively c- kill whatever is on your skin right there. Oh, that's you a good know? selling point already. You don't even need this shit, all this fakes and lies. But, you know, it's just now somebody's taken like one little kernel of truth, which is always the scary part about this. Peroxide is good for, you know, killing bacteria on your skin and now it kills everything Mm. yeah science always wins people even in sad cases like this so it's best to uh, educate yourself as best you can Mm. scary any parting thoughts for people i hope next week we'll have something more fun Uh, I, I think now that we've gotten a lot of these stories out of our system, maybe it'll be a little bit better. But I just saw so many. I was just like, oh, my God, people are just ig- literally just ignoring scientists to the point where it's like they're thumbing their nose at them. No, it's more than that. It's like they're walking over us, kicking us to the side, running to the charlatan. Yeah. You know, you got hundreds of scientists like, stop, please, let me explain it to you. Nope, 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 nope. Get out of my way. Smarty pants. I want... I want the charlatan. Thank you. Yep. He makes more sense and is cheaper. Mm. Celery and hydrogen peroxide are literally pennies. Mm. And they will kill you. Okay. Yep. That's good. Yep. Well, celery juice won't kill you. It just won't do nothing. <laughs> it's just. My guess would be it will keep you in the bathroom. Probably. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, uh, tell the people where they can find you. You can always find me on Koki Talks Trash. If we're going to talk science. It's probably going to be on Koki Negra. And if you want to uh, go to us directly, you can find us at at You Know Molecules, capital U K N O W Molecules for pro science news and information. Real science news. <laughs> Real facts. We're, we will yeah. not be posting anything charlatan wise unless it's directly followed with a sarcastic smirk or remark. <laughs> How about that? Yep, that's us. <laughs> yeah, there definitely will be just like, look at this nigga here. <laughs> So, yeah, and you can find me uh, at P Funkin' Around on Twitter. Uh, It's been a pleasure again for another week. Thank you, sir. And I'll be seeing you next time.